Are you going to be talking like this away from the microphone? Oh, my God. Sorry. I just want you to be aware of it. That's okay, right? That's good. Okay. But this, bad. Like this, bad. 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 Good. Good. Do you need that chair for your feet? No, I'm okay. Because he didn't set it up for you. It's fine. Andrew promised. Okay. Is it at a good spot for you? I think so. Don't you? Are you having to tip your head up? No, I'm okay. Okay, good. I just want you to be comfortable. I just want you to be happy. Thanks, darling. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. Hi. And Ruth. Hi, Josephine. (laughs) That was a different thing that I did. I enjoyed it. It's been so long since we've recorded that I forgot how we started. Yeah, it has. It's been ages. Hi, I'm Josephine. Uh, I'm Ruth. This is my favourite musical. The podcast. Yeah. We're just always sick, which is why we haven't recorded. Oh, it's been nuts lately. Yeah. But like, surely everyone is in the same boat, yeah, right? It's, I, th- I think so. And particularly, you're a teacher. I'm so a teacher. that's children bringing germs to school. And we have a child. You have And a child he's going and... to daycare and bringing home germs. He's very selfish. Yes. Hey, before we get too deep, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Dark and Young People. We celebrate their centuries-old traditions of singing, dancing and storytelling. I read this um, very cool thing. I think it's the Melbourne Symphony yeah. have recorded – they commissioned a piece that is their acknowledgement of country. Ooh. So, like, they play this song yeah. um, over the, you know – PA system, I guess, before they perform. Yeah. And, and that's, that's their, their – Yeah. It's that's like cool. Have you seen the Opera House? They've done one. Have they? In consultation with Paul Kelly and someone else. Oh, cool. And it's really cool. It's yeah. Yeah, like a video and a, it's like a version of From Little Things. Right. It's really no, nice. No, I don't think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah that's Because well, cool. they've got the – they've reopened, haven't they? they reopened the concert hall. I yes. would lo- I don't have any plans to go, but I would love to. Well, a friend of mine from work just went and saw like maybe Marla or something, I don't know um, – and he said it was amazing. Just yeah. great new stuff. Great. Yeah, apparently it's incredible. Yeah, so I can't wait to go yeah. because I haven't been since it was old. Yeah. It's been, <laughs> well, it's been closed for a couple of years, that's the right. concert hall. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, that'll be great. Oh, yeah, that's, we've been to the drama theatre, haven't we? Yes. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I wondered when I'd last been to the Opera House, but it's not that long ago, actually, you dramatic no. bitch. It's just the concert hall I haven't been to. We went and saw, was it? We went for a play or something together. Was it the Wolf Review? Yeah, the Wolf Review, I think. Yeah. That was not that long ago. Yes, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, theatre. Indeed. In fact, that's why we're here. Yeah. To talk about well, theatre. Speaking of which, I saw Bonnie and Clyde oh, a couple of weeks everything. ago. Yeah, the Haze. Um, yeah, look, I wasn't a huge fan of the musical itself. Mm. Um, it's Frank Wildhorn. It's very Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> it's a lot of just like park and bark yeah. kind of, you know. Love it. People belting about their feelings. And also I'm not sure that the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Lends itself to that. Yeah, like it's just two people on the run and then they die. Yeah. But. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Blake Applefuss, I think yeah. that's how you say their name, um, who played Clyde. Mm. They are one of those performances, performers, I would see them in literally anything. Yeah, wow. And it's the first time they've played like a leading man. Yeah. And they're incredible. The notes, I had no idea they had that sort of voice. Yeah, and normally wow. I've seen them play like 
a real kind of character roles like in Spam a lot yeah. and Frozen and yeah. things like that are just incredible. And, T- and Tegan Wooters, who was the who was Bonnie, also has an incredible voice. Um, so yeah, that was great. I, I I enjoyed the performances a lot. That's great. I just don't know that I love the show. Yeah, I mean that's such a. I think that's a good problem to have actually that we liked the product. You liked the yeah. production presumably, exactly. and the performers just like eh. Show. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. That's what you want. Which is, I, I think, often how I feel, particularly at the Hayes, where it's like a show that hasn't necessarily yeah. been successful enough to get like a professional run. Yes. A proper prof- commercial professional run in Australia. Yeah. It's like, well, this was a really fantastic little production of a show that I can see why hasn't been done commercially. If you invoke Big Fish in this, <laughs> I'll get very mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good example. No. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, I mean, again, it was a flop on Broadway. Same yep. as, same as Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I actually sort of missed Bonnie and Clyde on Broadway completely. Like I missed that all happening. Yeah. It was like 2005, I think, or 2006. That time when everything else was happening, of course (laughs) I missed it. (laughs) Well, maybe not that long ago. Anyway, mm. uh, might have been more like 2009. I could be completely talking it out of my ass. That, it can't yeah, be that sorry. new it's because of Frank It's the same year as Newsies. I um, know that. So it might be 2009 because Jeremy Jordan was in both shows in the one season. He was nominated for two Tony Awards. I love that your history recall is based on Jeremy Jordan. I mean, yes. <laughs> have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to – let me Google it. I, I think it, I'm going to say 2009. Oh, Don Black. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Don Black is, is who is um, lyrics. Yeah, who wrote um, with Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? That's right. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard, two thousand and nine. You are spot flipping on. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Don Black is um, Sunset Boulevard uh, and yeah, something yeah. else. Um, he did with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh god, what am I thinking? Wait, wait, some James Bond stuff. I know that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Aspects of Love. Okay. Tell Me on a Sunday. Yeah, I knew he was Andrew Lloyd Webber, big Andrew Lloyd Webber collaborator. Yeah, Song and Dance, we know that's the same thing. Oh, Bombay Dreams. Hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Feather Boy. Um, One of the things I had on my list to talk about was Paradise Square. Oh, my God, I've just (laughs) – Some Garth Drabinsky news, everyone. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? So did we we mentioned, I think, we talked about it last episode because it had been nominated. Yeah. Well, it won. She yeah. won Best Actress. Um, and and we, I think we were ragging on Garth even then. Even then. We were like, how does this guy have a job? And I think I mentioned that, like, they'd had to recapitalise the show during yeah. the run. So that show has now closed. and In an absolute furor of... Media attention. Yeah, and basically they owe – the production owes all these people all this money. Yeah. And Garth Drabinsky has finally been added to Equity's Do Not Work list. That's right. So I have – it is incredible that he was never on it. That's my note. I was like, how have they not already done that? Yeah. So um, we've talked about Garth Drabinsky. He's the snake oil salesman of Broadway. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so the lawsuit filed by Equity and United Scenic Artists is seeking to collect around $350,000 in benefit contributions, wages and payments owed to both unions and their members. Yeah. Um, there's a letter that um, was sort of co-signed by a bunch of people that cites a continued pattern of abuse and neglect that created an unsafe and toxic work environment. Yeah. The big headline last week was that um, a story from the lawsuit was that um, a cast member had – um, severed a finger during rehearsals oh and apparently like the handling of that was really shit and the fact that it happened at all. But yeah, 
Yeah, wow. But I was the same. When I read that finally he's added to the do not work, I was like, what? Didn't that happen like yeah, 10 years ago, surely. 12 years ago? What? When he went to jail? <laughs> oh, for God's for sake. For fraud? Yeah. It Also, I don't know how, but I'd never seen a photo of Garth Drabinski until oh, okay. this. And yeah. as soon as I – this sounds awful. Oh, my God, I'm a bad person. But straight away I saw his face. I was like, yeah. Yeah. You look like a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It looks like a villain. Like the Monopoly man yes. kind of, yeah. Oh, anyway, I was, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Square in the news. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about Into the Woods? I know. Their cast recording is coming out. I'm so excited. So I always get tripped up when I read This American News and they're like, it's coming out in fall. What? <laughs> You're like, what is that? And I have to, I have to go, fall is the same as autumn. It's the Which opposite. is our spring, yeah. It takes me so many. And then I think, well, what months are spring? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they also, you know how there's that whole thing in the Northern Hemisphere where they don't, the seasons aren't the same as us? Yes. Where the seasons start halfway through a month? Which is probably like correct because that's when like the equinoxes and yeah, stuff or yeah. whatever. And anyway. we're just like. No, nah, just make it the 1st of January. <laughs> yeah, whatever. exactly. No seasons start on the 1st of January. I don't know why I even said that. Yeah. 1st of March. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know how to interpret that news except that it's due in the spring. Yeah. That's all I know. Our spring. <laughs> which is three um, months. I don't know. And they've extended the season. Yeah. Um, Have you exciting. been seeing all these photos, like all their promo shots and stuff? Yeah. It makes me so happy. I know. It's just, just really excited that people are seeing Into the Woods. I know. I just love it so much. In other cast recording news, so we're going to get an Into the Woods cast recording, thank goodness. Yeah. But we're also going to get a Music Man revival cast well, look, recording. I'm, I'm ex- I just, I'll listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I love the song Trouble? Like we've talked about that before. Yeah. I will listen to that song. You quite like the film, don't you? Or your, your husband loves the film. Yes. I don't know if I li- quite like it. Okay. It's, it's a draggy sort of story. Right. It's a bit of a drag. Yeah. But sure, Music yeah. Man, whatever. Yeah. Whatever tootsie flute. <laughs> Fair enough. I have other news. Let me see what I've written. Oh, there is a few. There are a few new exciting musicals in the pipes. Yeah. Um, one particularly that at first when I read about it, I groaned at it. Yeah. It's the Notebook musical. Yeah. With is it? Um, who's written the music? Oh, is it like Ingrid yeah, Michaelson or like yeah, yeah, yeah. someone like that? Name. I don't think it's her. It's someone else. But it's like a sort of yeah, it's, alternative it's like singer-songwriter. It's sort of like yeah. person. Anyway. Yeah. Well, she has um, recorded um, a song from it. And it okay. was just like re- the recording was released the other day and it's really pretty. It's called If This Is Love. Oh, I don't. I haven't listened to it. Oh, my God. I actually will send it to you right now. It's so pretty and it's quite like unexpected. Okay. Oh, and what's her name? Why wouldn't I write that down? And um, Almost Famous is opening – um, soon, Almost some like it hot. Right. Like, there's a few coming that Ingrid, have been announced. Ingrid Michaelson. It is Ingrid Michaelson. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah. You're so right. Anyway, listen to this. It's gorgeous. She, I think, was in Great Comet on Broadway. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, like yeah. she's she's into Broadway, if you will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's immersed. Yes. What do we think about the Almost Famous musical? I hope it's good. Me too. It's a great film. Great film. Maybe yeah. too great. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anytime, anytime someone brings up like a film being adapted into the stage, they're like, "Do you think it'll be good?" I'm like, "It depends on the song." Yeah. Like, like everything depends on the song. This isn't going to be a jukebox, is it? No, no. I don't think so. Mm. No. Mm. No, I think it's all originals. Mm. There's a Neil Diamond one as well that's coming. That was my idea. Was it? Yes. I've been talking about it for so long. Because I love Neil, I love Neil Diamond. Do you? Everyone knows that about me. 
<laughs> I love Neil Diamond. Um, I I think I said this to you, obviously not on the podcast, but not that long ago. I was like, he'd be a good one. Like um, Carol King. Carol King, because he's written for other people. Oh, true. Like, so he's written for himself, so he's got his own style, but then he's also written for. Yeah. So I've always said that he would be good. Yeah, right. Mm, yeah. I don't know enough about him, I don't think. but How? How do you not? <laughs> I'm sorry. He's sexy. He was. He's very old now. Yeah. Very old. He's got Parkinson's now, I think. Oh, does he? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that all your news? Uh, yes. Do you have any other news? No, I don't think so. Should we talk about Jagged Little Pills? Yeah. So this was a random one, wasn't it? Where we had this on our list. Yes. It's been on the list for ages. Ages. Like we just sort of write the list in order. Yeah. And then. It I, just keep, things keep getting jiggled. Yeah. And then this was next on the list and it happens to be on in Sydney right now. And Josephine and I both happened to see it a few weeks ago. Yes. And so then I was like, oh my God, we're talking about this on the podcast in a few weeks. It was serendipitous. Yes. Very serendipitous. Yes. So that was exciting. Because I was going to suggest that we just like put it off again. I was going to be like, can we just do an, and God forbid it's Annie or some bullshit. I think it is Annie next. Oh. Yeah. But I was going to be like, I'm not ready to deal with Jagger Little Pill yet, but. This is perfect Yeah, I saw it. So it worked out quite well, really. Yeah. Um, Do you want me to tell you about the plot? Well, why don't you tell me, did you have any connection to the show prior? Apart from um, the fact that I, I had the cassette of Jagged Little Pill, the yeah. Alanis Morissette album, yeah. when I was a kid. It's very much our era. Very much. Yeah. And also Alanis Morissette, in a way that I think I'd forgotten, was such a, an icon mm. in our childhoods, right? Absolutely. Like, like her songs were just everywhere and she was this sort of like great anti-establishment sort of figure. I think it was the first time I heard the word fuck. Like it was that yeah. sort of, you know. Agreed. She was, she was just a, like a big deal. So yeah. I'd always loved the idea of, of this show because I loved the album. Yeah. And I love all of her work. Same. I do too. I was a big Alanis Morissette fan. Yeah. Do you still listen? You don't still listen to Alanis Morissette, do you? I listen. The, there's that like they remastered Jagged Little Pill. Yes. Um, and it's got like a couple of bonus tracks yes. that they added to it. That was not that I, long ago. I often listen to that. Interesting. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I, f- I find when I listen to it now, I just – I. F- Maybe it's too reminiscent of of like angsty feelings. Yeah, you know right. where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to feel like that again. Oh no, I love it still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you maybe had like a great teen period. <laughs> Although it's it, it was more like it was like we were, we were like I was like eight when it came yeah. out. Yeah. I was definitely like just watching Rage in the morning. Yes, That's, exactly. That, that was what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Jagged Little Pill on Broadway on Broadway yes, in late did. 2019. That was my last trip to New York and um, I think it was in previews or, or like it just opened, like it was early in its run. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking for a jukebox, because, you know, a jukebox is never going to be my favourite. Yeah. Just for the pure fact that you can't, like those songs can't move you properly because it's like they're not they're not, not really they're breaking for. into song. Yeah. You know, they're not really expressing that emotion through song. Like it has been engineered, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Josephine just <laughs> moved the mic. But like in a really dramatic way. Sorry, Ruth, carry on. I care about what you're saying. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and so I remember thinking the biggest thing was, wow, that didn't feel like a jukebox musical to me. And I thought that that was quite a triumph at the time. Um, I remember really kind of 
being like, okay, like they managed to have some of those moments feel real um, in a way that especially like bio jukebox musicals obviously can't achieve where mm. it's just and here's, here's this song. Here's the story of what happened, yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, yeah, I just – it just – it did feel a bit more authentic to me than like your typical typical jukebox musical. Yeah. Um, I will say, and we'll talk more later on about our actual thoughts on the show like that we've both seen recently, but I thought that that worked better on Broadway than when I saw it here. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was just – like the level of performances or the staging or what it was, but the like, time. yeah, well, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that in a lot of ways that worked better on Broadway, mm. but yeah, I, I remember thinking, yeah, for a jukebox. Cool. Tick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that way about jukebox musicals very often. No, it's, it's a really tough category. Like we've talked about this before. It's really yeah. tough. I will tell you how I feel later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hear ya. Yeah. What, what I find interesting about this, um, I, no, I will save that. I'm going to save all those thoughts. Let me tell you the plot. Tell me the plot. Yeah. Jagged Little Pill. Okay. So we open on MJ, Mary Jane. Um, she's writing a Christmas letter about her perfect family. You, do you remember Christmas letters? My parents still write Christmas letters. So do mine. Oh my God. It's so hilarious. It's the bane of my existence. Why does it happen? And what, what news? Anyway. Yeah. They also get like you – it's like this little group of, of adults who write these Christmas letters and th- think, that they never talk to otherwise. I think it's mostly an email now. Like they oh. email it to most people. Oh, yeah, that'd be right. Email. I don't and know if then, my parents are, are emailing. And then they mail it to certain people. Hilarious. Yeah. I don't even – oh, man. I don't even – anyway, MJ's writing a Christmas letter about her perfect family. She's got her husband, Steve. He's had a promotion at work. Her adopted daughter, Frankie, is this talented artist and her son, Nick, has just been accepted into Harvard, right? Perfect family. She herself is recovering really nicely from a car accident with the help of natural remedies. Um, we quickly see that actually this family is a mess. Frankie's making out with um, her best friend, Joe. Steve is addicted to porn. Nick is buckling under the pressure and MJ is addicted to painkillers. So yeah, at school, I'm just going to like power through this. Hey, like at school, Joe and Frankie discuss how their mothers would never accept them. And they're sort of like, um, I would say like socially conscious teens. So yeah. they, they have like a club where they, you know, they deal with issues. And, and they're the only ones in the club. right? They are the only yeah. ones in the club. Yeah. I have another issue with that. Let me just flag that point. Okay. Um, Anyway, so their mothers would never accept them. Joe, because their mother would never understand their gender expression and um, MJ can't. Anyway, Frankie, because, yeah, she just feels like she's never living up to her brother's ex, you know, the, all the expectations. And Frankie's and black. Frankie's black. Yeah, the family's And the family white. is white. That's yeah. right. So there's, yeah. So anyway, MJ can't get a refill of her prescription, um, her painkillers from a pharmacy. So she has to use like a dodgy dealer. Meanwhile, Steve wants to get marriage counselling, but MJ sort of refuses. Frankie meets this interesting new kid, Phoenix. I say interesting in really loose terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Basically, the kids then all attend a party where Frankie and Phoenix seem to really hit it off. Joe can't go to the party because their mother is like, I I don't know, they have to go to church or something. Um, So anyway, meanwhile, Nick's friend Andrew rapes this passed out girl, Bella. Yeah, Bella, yeah. Someone has taken pictures and they're circulating school. Everyone's calling Bella a slut. Frankie and Joe try to console Bella and Frankie confronts Nick, like wanting him to support Bella and wanting him to confront his friend or do something about it or go to the police. 
Uh, Nick is adamant that he didn't see anything and that Bella was probably just drunk, um, maybe asking for it. What a prince. MJ <laughs> hears about this and worries that like any involvement in this would affect Nick's getting into Harvard and like going to Harvard or whatever. Um, she then remembers her own rape when she was in college, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Frankie and Phoenix have sex. Joe finds them and tells Frankie's parents who are upset that she's having sex so young. Um, she's cranky that they care more about her having consensual sex than Bella being raped. Very fair point. Mm. Um, Joe's really shitty and they sing You Ought to Know, which is a great, yeah. great moment. Yeah. It's a perfect song for that moment. Frankie is pretty dismissive of Joe and sort of says she wasn't aware that her relationship with Joe was exclusive. Frankie runs away to New York in a very dramatic move. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, and she basically wants Phoenix to come and get her, but Phoenix is like not really interested in a relationship. Frankie says, I love you. And he's just like, mm. yeah. very awkward. Anyway, Nick wants to go to the police about the Bella Andrews situation, but MJ won't let him. MJ then overdoses. Yeah, he remembers that he did see something. That's right. He, yeah. he recalls it. Yes. He, and maybe he knew the whole time, but anyway, he fesses up that he saw something. So MJ doesn't let him and then she subsequently overdoses on her dodgy whatevers. Yeah. Um, Steve is shocked that he didn't even know she had a drug problem. There's a nice moment in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Joe ends up going to bring Frankie back from New York. Um, Nick goes to the police about Andrew, the rapist. MJ and Steve go to marriage counselling and Bella, it sort of seems heals, like that's just implied that, yeah. that everything's fixed with her. They all sing You Learn the End. Yeah. It's, that's it's um, I think we can safely say before we talk about our feelings on the show that it's a real grab bag of issues. Just choose one issue, yeah. but no, this show chose all of them. All of them, literally. <laughs> like, like it's probably my one of my biggest criticisms is it's just like let's let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, um, I can talk to you about all my issues, but my this is probably my biggest issue with it, which is like it just feels like I'm watching an episode of The OC or One yeah. Tree Hill, which like yeah. in a family you don't have all these issues. Yeah. It's just the mother is not addicted to pills and the father is not addicted to porn and the, the son is not like a dickhead and the daughter is not like – you know what I mean? It's yeah. just – it's too much. Yeah. Yeah, it was never ending, really. Yeah, it's yeah. relentless and really unrealistic, and, um, and made it seem more unrealistic. Like, like yes. something like a, a you know a wealthy waspy white woman being addicted to pills is probably actually quite an interesting thing for yeah. them to. That would be like, a great storyline yeah. on its own, and how the family deals with that or yeah. whatever. I actually, um, I was speaking to someone who'd seen it in early previews in New York. Yeah. And at that stage, apparently, what they hadn't quite figured out was, like, who the main character was. Yeah. I wondered about this. Yeah. Because MJ, to me, seemed like an interesting choice. Yeah. And so they did end up with MJ. And I actually think that in some ways that whole kind of pill addiction and the numbers, the, the musical numbers that kind of come from that, like, uninvited and yeah. – um, whatever the backwards one is, where they do the oh, yeah, backwards that choreography. That's a nice moment. Um, I think probably are some of the strongest numbers in the show. But then other things had to change. Yes, they should have taken more things away. But I think originally they maybe thought Frankie was. Yeah. And that it sort of changed. Mm. Um, anyway, it's, it's just an interesting... Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about the production before I go into more well, issues? Yeah, yeah. So I'll give you a bit of history. 
So basically, Jagged Little Pills Jukebox Musical with music by Alanis Morissette and Glenn Ballard, lyrics by Morissette and a book by Diablo Cody, with additional music by Michael Farrell and Guy Sigsworth. Uh, the musical is, of course, inspired by the 1995 album of the same name by Alanis Morissette. So, of course, we all know who Alanis Morissette is. She's an incredibly famous singer-songwriter. And Jagged Little Pill was one of the biggest albums of the 90s. Do you know she was like 21 when that came so out? So young. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so Glenn Ballard co-wrote several songs on that album, um, which is why he's credited as the co-song as the co-writer. And he's also a very successful songwriter in his own right. He co-wrote um, Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror and Wilson Phillips' Hold On, both Excellent Classics. songs, yeah. Hold On is one of the best songs ever So written. good, so good. And he also, like in terms of his stage work, mm. co-wrote the stage adaptations of Ghost and the recent Back to the Future musical, which I think has been announced for Broadway, by the way, but it's been on the West End. So like really quality shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people, I never saw Ghost, really? oh. but some people loved it. Some people love Mamma Mia. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I've never I've never seen Ghost. I know that one song that everyone does. <laughs> um, Diablo Cody is mainly known as a screenwriter. Um, she wrote the film Juno, great film. Great film. And also the TV series United States of Tara. Um, and the final two writers, um, Farrell and Sigsworth, they're both established producers and songwriters. So they wrote... Some of, some of the non-Jagged Little Pill songs. So the yeah. show basically is the album Jagged Little Pill plus, plus a, other, albums. other songs yeah, of yeah. Alanis Morissette's um, that feature in the show. So that's why they're credited. Yeah. Um, so in November 2013, it was um, revealed that a musical version of the album Jagged Little Pill was being adapted for the stage with composer Tom Kitt attached to arrange the orchestrations. Um, he did do the orchestrations and they are great, yeah. I think. I think he's done. I agree with that. He's very good at that, I think. Yeah. In some ways I go, Tom Kitt, maybe you should just do this and not write original musicals. Yeah, look, to me the orchestrations are the only redeeming feature of the musical. Right. So, yeah, he did yeah. a great job. Yeah, and he's very good, I think, at vocal vocal um, arrangements oh, in yeah. particular. Yes. Um, so, it then took – that was 2013. It took some years to be developed. A reading took place in 2017 in which Adina Menzel took the part of Mary Jane, which is interesting. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, the first public performance of songs from the show took place in March 2018 at the American Repertory Theatre Gala. Uh, and the show then opened at the American Repertory Theatre uh, for its out-of-town tryout in May 2018, ran there till July. Uh, and that's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's often referred to as ART. Lots of shows start there, mm. particularly Diane Paulus um, directed yeah. shows. So, like, Waitress started there. The revival of Hair, I think, did a season. Anyway, like, lots of, she's yeah. very involved there. So, lots of shows start there. Mm. Um, by all um, accounts, is a very cool theatre. Yeah. Um, so, it then began previews at the Broadhurst Theatre on November 3rd. Um, and opened on December 5th, 2019. So I reckon I must have seen like maybe even like the show after they opened, something yeah, like that. It wow. was early December anyway yeah. that I was there. Uh, it went into hiatus, of course, when all the Broadway theatres closed due to COVID in March 2020. It reopened at the Broadhurst on October 21st, 2021. Uh, and in December 2021, multiple performances of um, the show were cancelled. That was when that wave just started yeah. hitting everywhere and lots of people. Lots and of basically, shows were affected, yeah, yeah. So they, they cancelled a bunch of shows because everyone was getting COVID. And then on December 20th, it was announced that it wouldn't reopen. So, like, 
effectively making December 17th retroactively their final show, um, which is just so devastating to those performers. It really is. Especially because, like, that happened to quite a few shows when COVID hit, Mm. Um, something like Mean Girls, Frozen, like those shows that didn't reopen. But at least, like, I don't know, you would have expected it then during COVID, but this is like they got to reopen and then they played their final performance without knowing it. It's really hard. Really hard. So they played a total of 36 previews and 171 performances, which isn't that many really. Yeah, it's a shame. So it was nominated for 15 Tony Awards at the 2020 Tonys. That was those bizarre COVID ones that were held in September 2021. Mm. Uh, It won two Tonys. It won Best Book for Diablo Cody and Best Featured Actress for Lauren Patton, who played Joe. Uh, yeah, like I think Lauren Patton was incredible, but also like there wasn't much competition in that. No, it's true. In that It's award. true, yeah. Yeah. Um, it lost to Moulin Rouge for Best Musical and Tina was the other show nominated for Best Musical that year. Yeah. Uh, of course, there wasn't a lot nominated because it was the COVID year. Yeah. Uh, an Australian production opened at Sydney's Theatre Royal in December 2021. Uh, it only played there for like two weeks because – you might remember that, um, well, this time last year, everyone knows we were in lockdown yeah. and it just basically kept getting pushed back. Mm. And so they ended up only running for like two weeks before they had to close and like go, go to, to Melbourne. Next, yeah. 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 Um, so it, it has since played Melbourne's comedy theatre and is currently back at the Theatre Royal, but is sadly closing in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and and I believe that's it. It's, um, it's yeah, it hasn't sold well, unfortunately. I think that... There is definitely still some COVID yeah. hesitancy yeah. Um, from audiences at the moment. Yeah. So that's really affecting it. Yeah. Um, but pretty amazing that Australia was next after Broadway. Definitely, I always think that's yeah. cool when that, that happens. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in early 2022, both a US tour and a West End production were announced to start performances in late 2022. The US tour is now on sale and starts um, in September in Las Vegas and um, Heidi Blickenstaff is going to be playing MJ. Cool. Um, That's cool casting. Yeah. At this stage, um, London isn't on sale yet and there's been no update since it was announced. So I'm a bit like... Is it happening? Yeah. Is yeah. it happening? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, it could be one of those things where they decide not to, yeah. not to do it. I really just think it needs more work. Yeah. It needs more work. Should we talk some fun facts before we talk about the show? I don't have any fun don't facts. You? This okay, show I've got is some. a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, so Morissette wrote two new songs for the musical, Smiling and Predator. Uh, and one of those was a second, the second single from her ninth studio album, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Mm. So she also included on that. Um, it won the Grammy Award for Best Musical Theatre Album at the 63rd Annual Grammy, Grammy Awards. But oh, I did write that down. Due yeah. to the Grammys rules, only um, Catherine Gallagher, Celia Gooding, Lauren Patton and Elizabeth Stanley were the ones who received the award. Mm. And I thought this was really interesting. So basically they're considered the album's principal vocalists. So they're um, MJ, Joe, Frankie and Bella, Yeah, those um, four actresses. Um and then they share the award with the producers of the album. Mm. So, so Alanis, Alanis Morissette, Morissette doesn't get and Glenn Ballard were not considered part of the nomination as less than 51% of the album features new music um, but comes from a pre-existing catalogue. Did Jagged Little Pill win a Grammy back in the day? Oh, surely. Surely, right? Surely. So surely she's already got one for that. Oh, she'd have a Grammy for sure. But for, for – Jagged Specifically for Jagged Little Pill, yeah, I'd say so. Let me find out. Because um, that'd be shit if you missed out on the, you know, 
Yeah, like never got a Grammy for that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I don't know. I'm finding out. Um, the song you ought to know, which um, Josephine mentioned before, um, features um, guitarist Dave Navarro and bassist Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool. Uh, it's also widely been reported that it was written about actor Dave Coulier from Full House, but she's she has denied this. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But, but it's like he thinks it's about him. Let's put Ugh, it that way. That makes me... Ugh. Yeah, but she has denied it. What I didn't realise is that, like, I knew she was super young when it came out, but this was her third album. Yeah. It's like, whoa. But she'd been running, like, dance music, hadn't she? Or kind of like... Like house. Yeah. It was nominated for nine Grammy Awards winning five, including Album of the Year. Yeah, great. Making Good. the then 21-year-old the youngest artist to win the top honour. Wow. Up to that point. That's amazing. Whoa. Um, I mentioned Heidi Blickenstaff is doing the US tour. So she, um, when the show reopened on Broadway, she stepped into the role of MJ because Elizabeth Stanley, who was playing MJ pre-COVID, had just had a child. And the intention was that um, Elizabeth Stanley would come back slowly and that they would share the role for a time, like mm-hmm. as part of a kind of like, you know, like almost like a maternity leave, like shared yes. work, which I think is just incredible. Um, and Alanis made a statement at the time. She said, I'm very excited for Elizabeth having become a mother and thrilled that she's able to return to the role of Mary Jane in a way that cares for this deeply important chapter of her personal journey by sharing the role with Heidi, who herself is a mum. It takes a village to raise a child and it takes a Broadway village to support a mother. This level of support is exciting, collaborative and path clearing for mums to know that they can remain expressed and connected with their artistic community while embracing the priority and intimacy of motherhood. Ugh. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. So, of course, I think Stanley had just returned when they closed, but they, so they didn't sort of get to do it properly. But the idea was going to be that, like, she just slow, they were going to share, job share, Far and then out. slowly, like, she would start doing more shows per week. Kind that of is thing. so good. Yeah. And, and it had never been done before. Yeah, so well that's done. That is I, cool. I also remember seeing this um, video of Elizabeth Stanley when she was like practicing her songs ready to return, like while breastfeeding. Yeah, wow. And I was just like, yeah, fucking yeah. That's like, so good. Yeah. That's amazing. What a boss. Yeah. What so a boss. I really enjoyed that. So this, like, it sort of feeds into the issues that I have with the show where I think, like, they are so on the button in terms of that sort of yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Obviously, there's Inclusion. other controversies that we'll talk yeah. about, but. That's where I feel like we, they just went too far and instead of like me caring about the issues they were presenting to me, it became such a wash of everything that mm. I just no longer cared about anything. Yeah, I do think that that's the biggest issue. Like I I really feel like there's moments of this show that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I um, – like you ought to know, like when I saw that on Broadway, I thought, A – she's going to win a Tony and that was before COVID had hit, you know. Oh, she's phenomenal. She's incredible. Um, And I just thought that that girl is going to win a Tony for that performance. That is incredible. I don't know how she maintained that that style of voice either. Like the vocalisation she does in that song particularly. Yeah. I don't think I like her natural. Interesting. I don't know how she sustained that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what other show she's been in either. So I don't really know like. Yeah. If you can find, I think there is a, like a bootleg of it at the yeah, moment. There's only bootlegs. I know. If you can see her doing, you ought to know. It's amazing. I wanted to show Andrew after we saw it because. Um, so you could see. We yeah. saw Maggie McKenna who was incredible as well. Yeah. But I was like, you know, it'd be interesting for you to see what Lauren Patton was like as yeah. a, as a sort of comparison. 
Um, because yeah, Lauren just just her intensity was yeah. so good. And yeah, you can see it in some of those. She never performed it like on a late night show or anything. No, I think, well, because of COVID. Because of COVID, and then probably a little bit because of this controversy. controversy. Yeah, do yeah. you want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, um, you might have you might have noticed that when um, Josephine was telling the story, she was using like they them pronouns to describe For the, character, the Joe. character of Joe. Yeah. So when they did it at ART. Joe was written to be non-binary. Yeah. And that was something that was quite important, it seemed, to the character. Yeah. And apparently Lauren Patton tweeted about it at the time, yep. um, mentioned it, said it was really great for non-binary representation. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that Lauren Patton is a cis, cis queer woman. Yeah. Um, but is not non-binary, does That's not identify right. that way. And at some point between – the ART run and Broadway, the writers decided no. Joe would be Joe is going to be cis. Yeah. Um, And it's not really clear why. I think that there's two possible thoughts. There's either Lauren Patton is not a non-binary person and therefore we we would rather – her be playing it authentically yep. as a cis woman yep. than be pretending, you know, in some way. If that were the thing, though, that should have been made very clear. Yeah. And that wasn't made clear. And I think that the biggest issue was what they did was try and scrub the sort of internet of… Yeah. Of Any they, reference to Joe being non-binary. non-binary. So, yeah. they, they, they deleted – they got her to delete these tweets yeah. that referred to it, et cetera, et cetera. They even both kind of came out with a statement saying, no, she's always been a cis character. This is the huge issue that everyone had. It's not that necessarily Joe showed up on Broadway and was now cis. It's that they were like, no, no, she was never – Yeah. She was never non-binary like, you idiots. Yeah. It was like, well, wait a second. And I'm going to I'm gonna link to an article that gives a really great yeah. um, rundown of the whole situation. It was um, a bit of a mess and Lauren Patton's apology was weird and it was all just really strange. Yeah, and um and what they ended up saying when when people were kind of like here's the receipts, several reviews mentioned Joe yeah. being non-binary. Like yeah. reviews are pretty Yeah. <laughs> um and so in the end they said yes, um Joe was written to be non-binary and we shouldn't have done this and basically like Lauren Patton will be re- returning to the show, but every other production will have, and like from now on, that character will always be pr- played yeah. by a non-binary person. Yeah. And I do think it was probably a case of they knew that she was going to win a t- Like, Like yeah. not necessarily, but like they knew they had a great performance on their hands and yeah. they didn't want to jeopardise that in some way. But it, it's almost like... In the end, they fucked it up more yeah. than they... Yeah. Like... Like I said, all it had to be was, look, we know that Joe is supposed to be non-binary, but Lauren Patton is the performer in this show and she is not non-binary. So we will, for her performance, Joe will be cis. Like that's pretty much all they had to say. Yeah. Like I will say that in the production that we saw, Maggie McKenna is is non-binary. So, um, yeah, obviously that's going to be what's happening from now on, which is great. And I believe even the understudies, I think, are – or at least one of them. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's obviously important important to them. Well, they've decided it is important now. Yeah. I don't think I told you the night that um, I went. The So the show stopped. Um, it felt like it was about 20 minutes off the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. The show stopped. The curtain came down randomly in the middle of nowhere. And because... And it was only like the second preview, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. It was very early. It was very confusing for a while because everyone's like, is that the end of Act 1? Because that was really anticlimactic. Yeah. 
Um, and then there was just like, no, we're having troubles. You know, we'll be 10 minutes and then we'll be back on. And after the 10 minutes, it was announced that Maggie McKenna wouldn't continue on that performance. Right. We've got the understudy then. Um, so I didn't see Maggie McKenna do her no. amazing number. Um, because by all accounts, that's one of the best parts of the Sydney production. Yeah, and interestingly, so another a big group of our friends went a week after you did, mm. and um, and Maggie McKenna didn't perform that night, yeah. and I didn't realize that, yeah. and um, yeah, and I uh, and a lot of them had sort of a similar. They didn't necessarily enjoy the show that much, yeah. and I thought, and look, I know it shouldn't all come down to one person. Because, for example, I thought Natalie Bassingthwaite was actually really good as MJ. I, I oh, you didn't? Okay, um, she was really hit and miss. Yeah, right. Night, okay, I and her. I will say also, this happens. I went to opening night in yeah. Sydney, and that really can affect it's a lot of some energy in opening night. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. affects both the audience and what's happening on stage. Yeah, and um, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse. I yeah. think sometimes I get to that. Like in my production, they had to stop the show in the middle of the run. Yes, like, and that's hard. Well, the impact of that on the yeah. cast would have been huge. Yeah, so exactly. like it's totally fine. I just did not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah, and so, but yeah, so when these friends of ours then were sort of saying this, and I thought, and I and I realised they didn't see Maggie. I thought. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Because I know that when you saw that production on Broadway, Lauren Patton was all you could talk all about. All I talked about, yeah. So you get a really good Joe and you probably have a show. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. Uh, honestly, I think the problems with the show become so glaringly obvious. Yeah. And what I will say is that I don't think a good production of this show can save this show. Yeah, no. That's really important. So regardless of production, and I think I just saw a fairly average night of a really good production. Yeah. Yeah. Of a bad show. That's yeah. the thing. And so, like, that's what's hard about this show. And like I said, the main – those main issues that are dealt with are dealt with so poorly and probably were written at a time – like, it was the time of Me Too when it was written. So, it was just a yeah. lot of, like – it felt just like grab bagging of, that, like and, – And the problem is that it's like if you stick that many issues in, they all become meaningless. They're diluted. That's yeah. right. And so, there were some moments in the script that called for such um, gravity – that felt so stupid. Yeah, that's hard. Because we were just, I was just like, no, this is clearly a teenage drama. You clearly don't really give a shit about these issues. You're just trying to, you know, create some tenuous link between these songs. And obviously they're angsty songs that yeah. make sense to make it teenagery, but it just, it so trivialized everything. It was interesting because um, Andrew came with me on opening night mm. and. Of all the people that you would think wouldn't like this show, it was I probably for sure my Andrew husband at the, the top of the yeah. list. Now, again, that's what, that's what I say about it being opening night. Yeah. Because I do think that that helps a lot. Absolutely. Um, because the energy obviously was like so high in the room and, and yeah. people were really giving their all on stage as well. Um, and you can't like, yes, obviously it's a high energy show and everything, but yeah, it's going to be higher for yeah. opening night. Yeah. And, um, and I just remember – him – not that he – there were elements that he really didn't like. And I, I warned him, for example, before the show, I said, the ensemble are going to be in it too much. Yeah. And part of the issue is that they've – what they've tried to do is make this device of Ugh. the ensemble kind of always kind of – almost being a bit of a Greek chorus yeah. and being on stage all the time. And they, they have this really it's physical choreography. Movement. Yeah, yeah. Maybe and maybe. that is – the, the issue when that, that happens again and again is that it's like, can't we just let this moment be what it is? Yeah. And instead, like, 20 people come on stage yeah. and yeah. do all this, like, you know, well, harmonies. Shane, Shane made a really good point because, you know, part of the storyline is that no one's in this social club with Frankie and Joe. Yeah. And then he's like, but at the beginning, 
all that chorus, they were holding placards. Why don't they just invite the chorus yeah. to the club? And I was like, it's a really good point, actually, yeah, Shane. Because yeah. yeah, at the in the opening, you've got all these dancers in the in the ensemble holding these placards for the issues. Yeah. Now no one's in the club. Like it's just it's silly little shit like that where I think you no, know, the show isn't it's not um artistic enough to mm. pull off these sorts of like um symbolic moments. Yeah, yeah. It's more demonstrative anyway. Yeah, so you yeah. can't you can't just pretend to be you know, adding in this symbolic chorus. I think – so one of the things that Andrew actually liked about it, and I thought this was a good point, was that at least compared to a lot of other jukebox musicals, he goes, that album was about trauma mm. and this show And the show's about, about trauma. trauma. He goes, at least it – Did you like, say trauma? I did say trauma. Did you enjoy it? Like Jamie Lee Curtis? Trauma. Trauma. Childhood um, trauma. 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 Um, it's like – Whereas you think of a lot of jukebox musicals and the, the yeah, his example the was whole, like we will we rock, will rock you. you. I knew you were going there. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know you think about those Queen songs and then you think about this like where the hell did this show come like you know yeah. whatever universe that we will rock you is set in. Yeah, you know Mamma Mia being in Greece, you know like these I sorts know, of things. It's God. like whereas at least this was like okay, we've tried to deliver something that's true to what the album was. Yeah. Um, and he's like, he's like, at least I thought that was a good effort, you know. Yeah, they tried. Yeah. They failed. Yeah. But and they then, tried. And then I go, things like Uninvited and that backwards number that they do. The, some of those are they really were nice beautifully staged moments. That that backwards number was the best part of the show, yeah. I thought. Like yeah. I thought that um, was clever, except the issue I had was that it was such a it was such a standout moment that had no connection to anything else. It was never yeah. explained and the style of it was never duplicated. Yeah. Really. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what was that? It was like, oh, that looks cool. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we have yeah, that? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So I don't know. It just I feel like I feel like too the um I wanted MJ to be the main character and I don't feel like they've quite achieved that yet. Mm. And I wanted her See, to be on opening, it felt that way. Yeah, right. It yeah. didn't, it so didn't I when think I was that there. That might have been a bit of a maybe a bit of a preview thing or what? like and I think that they're pitching it. If they're going to head in more in that direction, they need to make script changes. They're pitching it to the right audience because the people who are going to be watching Jagged Little Pill are not interested in teenage drama. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're I our said age. Drama, they're not trauma, but also teenage trauma. 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 Um, yeah, they're our age. Yeah. They're probably dealing with pill addictions. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really, but you yeah. know, they've, yeah. got, they've got those problems. So I don't know. It's just. It just felt too teenage for me. Mm. It wasn't for me, the show. No, no. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um, one of our friends described it as like a year 12, you know, drama yes. performance with a, with a very good budget, yeah. basically. Exactly. That's what yeah. it felt like. It just felt like, oh, this is, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I sort of weirdly have a bit of a soft spot for it. Yeah, you I don't, do. I don't, I don't know if it's... It's allowed. Yeah, and I don't know if it's that... Like something like those – in the same way that something like – a show like American Idiot, right? Yeah. Um, it's all those kind of like the Broadway – the Broadwayization yeah. of some of these albums. I just obviously love that sound and I don't know. It's so interesting because I, I came away from it going, I hate that the musical theatre performers were performing those songs. Yeah. And obviously they try and get more rocky musical theatre performers than, you know – um, Camelot or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that you went there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, they do. Yeah. They obviously try and That's audition right. it that way. You're but not going to be in Camelot and in Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, 
Um, but yes, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I don't uh, know. It just it just didn't hit the mark for me. Yeah. in in many ways, and I'm trying to be less. Um, Full of vitriol for shows, but if anyone any show deserved it, it's this one right. for me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and again, it was a real shame you had like a show stop and a cast replacement. That's right. Like it a was bad night. Yeah, it was a bad technical night. Definitely. Unfortunately, we've since like Shane and I on the way home from the show, we listened to the Broadway cast recording yeah. and also did not enjoy that. Okay, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> and Shane um, auditioned, didn't he? Shane, audi- Shane yeah. was like in the last two for the, wow. for the dad role. For the dad. Yeah. Um, and he's so funny because he's like, I don't want to go and watch this, you know, the person who got this job I should have had. But then afterwards he's like, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, I'm not right. in that show. <laughs> All right, Shane. Yeah. It's just fair. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah. So look, Jagged Little Pill, I don't know. What are your gateway songs? Oh, yeah. Let's talk gateway. Um, obviously there's only the original Broadway cast to, to link. Yeah. Um, and I have gone with, you ought to know, obviously that really is the song of the show. Um, and Lauren Patton's performance of it. Um, I have also gone with hand in my pocket, Mm. um, which is, it's her and it, well, them and Frankie. Yeah. Uh, towards the beginning. Joe Joe and Frankie. Frankie, yeah. Yeah. And and I also went for all I really want. Interesting. Yeah. Um, those I w- are, those are Alana songs I also really like. Oh, they're classics. Yeah. I would say don't get into this show if you can avoid it, but if you have to, <laughs> I would agree. Um, Lauren Patton's performance of "You Ought to Know" is just iconic. Yeah. Like that'll go down as one of those performances. I actually don't mind the song "Mary Jane." Yeah. And I think it's because um, Shane practiced it a lot right. in preparation for the audition. So I was like, oh, this is a nice song. It's yeah. cute. You know, yeah. it's a nice moment. And it was one. it's one of those songs that actually felt different from the others because a lot of the Alanis Morissette stuff is very similar. That is true. Um, and this one it feels different. Angsty 90s. That's right. This yeah. one doesn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Jagged Little Pill. That's Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. Do what you will with Look, that. I was excited that we got to talk about a show that we just both seen. That is crazy. Do yeah. you think we'll get to see Annie in the next two weeks? No. I hope not. Are you going to watch um, the movie or anything? Do I have to? I thought I might watch. I've never seen the like. Is it like the, the Kathy Bates one? Yeah. You haven't seen Never that? Never seen it. Alan I've, Cummings the, in the that. The only time I've seen Annie is when um, Scotia, Did your daughter, was. Yeah, yeah. Because I said to her last night, we're going to do Annie soon, and I hate Annie so much. And she's <laughs> like, I find that offensive. I said, well, I like you in the show, Yeah, Annie, she was gr- a great Annie. But I hate Annie. Yeah. But that film is terrible, but also Alan Cummings in it. Yeah. And is, Christian Chenoweth. Yes. Yeah. So I might watch that. And Victor Garber. Yeah, it's a, I know it's a stacked car, so I'm keen So what are you that. doing? I know. Well, it's because it's Annie. I know. Annie. Look, we could just – let's just do the episode I, right now. The, Annie Sorry, sucks. I've seen the um, Jamie Foxx. Oh, the yeah, remake the remake with Cameron one. Diaz. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. I saw it at the movies. At the movies? Yeah. Why? I don't know. You're a disgrace. I am. Have you seen Elvis, by the way? No. Uh, Are we going to go? Yeah, let's. Okay, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Bit of Baz. They talked about that on um, Musical Splaining. Oh. Yeah. In a good way? Yeah, they also did Sunday in the Park with George recently. Shut I almost up. sent it to you. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I'll listen to that. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday. And it's like um, her favourite musical. No, it's my favourite musical. Yeah, true too. Um, but yeah, so you might enjoy that. Someone just getting very excited about Sunday in the Park with George Aww. and crying several times during the episode. Aww. Yeah. I love Sunday in the Park with George. We know, know that. Everyone know. knows that. 
Uh, all right. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you, Josephine. And I'll talk to you later. Great. Bye. Bye. Bye.